Section 12 of Volsunga Saga. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Volsunga Saga by Anonymous. Translated by Edgar Magnusson and William Morris. Section 12, Chapter 39. Now thought Atli the king that he had gained a mighty victory, and spake to Gudrun even as mocking her greatly, or as making himself great before her. Gudrun, saith he, thus hast thou lost thy brethren, and thy very self hast brought it about. She answers, In good liking livest thou, whereas thou thrustest these slayings before me, but may happen thou wilt rue it when thou hast tried what is to come hereafter, and of all I have the longest-lived matter shall be the memory of thy cruel heart, nor shall it go well with thee whilst I live. He answered and said, Let there be peace betwixt us. I will atone for thy brethren with gold and dear-bought things, even as thy heart may wish. She answers, Hard for a long while have I been in our dealings together, and now I say that while Hergni was yet alive thou mightest have brought it to pass, but now mayest thou never atone for my brethren in my heart. Yet, Oft must we women be overborne by the might of you men, and now are all my kindred dead and gone, and thou alone art left to rule over me. Wherefore now this is my counsel, that we make a great feast, wherein I will hold the funeral of my brother and of thy kindred withal. In such wise did she make herself soft and kind in words, though far other things forsooth lay thereunder. But he hearkened to her gladly, and trusted in her words, whereas she made herself sweet of speech. So Guthrun held the funeral feast for her brethren, and King Atli for his men, and exceeding proud and great was this feast. But Guthrun forgat not her woe, but brooded over it, how she might work some mighty shame against the king. And, at nightfall, she took to her the sons of King Atli and her, as they played about the floor. The younglings waxed heavy of cheer, and asked what she would with them. "'Ask me not,' she said. "'Ye shall die, the twain of you.' Then they answered, "'Thou mayest do with thy children even as thou wilt, nor shall any hinder thee, but shame there is to thee in the doing of this deed.' Yet for all that she cut the throats of them, then the king asked where his sons were, and Guthrun answered, I will tell thee, and gladden thine heart by the telling. Lo now, thou didst make a great woe spring up from me in the slaying of my brethren. Now hearken and hear my reed and my deed. Thou hast lost thy sons, and their heads are become beakers on the board here and thou thyself hast drunken the blood of them blended with wine. And their hearts I took, and roasted them on a spit, and thou hast eaten thereof. King Otley answered, Grim art thou, in that thou hast murdered thy sons, and given me their flesh to eat, and little space passes betwixt ill-deed of thine and ill-deed. Gudrun said, my heart is set on the doing to thee of as great shame as may be, 
Never shall the measure of ill be full to such a king as thou art. The king said, Worser deeds hast thou done than men have to tell of, and great unwisdom is there in such fearful reeds. Most meet art thou to be burned on bale when thou hast first been smitten to death with stones, for in such wise wouldst thou have what thou hast gone a weary way to seek. She answered, Thine own death thou foretellest, but another death is fated for me. And many other words they spake in their wrath. Now Hogni had a son left alive, hight Niflung, and great wrath of heart he bare against King Atli. And he did Gudrun to wit that he would avenge his father, and she took his words well, and they fell to counsel together thereover, and she said it would be great good hap if it might be brought about. So on a night when the king had drunken he gat him to bed, and when he was laid asleep, thither to him came Gudrun and the son of Hergni. Gudrun took a sword and thrust it through the breast of King Otley, and they both of them set their hands to the deed, both she and the son of Hergni. Then Otley the king awoke with the wound and cried out, No need of binding or salving here! Who art thou who hast done the deed? Gudrun says, Somewhat have I, Gudrun, wrought therein, and somewhat withal the son of Hergni. Otley said, Ill it beseemed to thee to do this, though somewhat of wrong was between us. For thou wert wedded to me by the reed of thy kin, and dower paid I for thee, yea, thirty goodly knights, and seemly maidens, and many men besides. And yet wert thou not content, but if thou shouldest rule over the lands King Budli owned, and thy mother-in-law full oft thou lettest sit a-weeping. Gudrun said, Many false words hast thou spoken, and of naught I account them. Oft indeed was I fell of mood, but much didst thou add thereto. Full oft in this thy house did phrase befall, and kin fought kin, and friend fought friend, and made themselves big one against the other. Better days had I when as I abode with Sigurd, when we slew kings and took their wealth to us, but gave peace to whomso would. And the great men laid themselves under our hands, and might we gave to him of them who would have it. Then I lost him. And a little thing was it that I should bear a widow's name, but the greatest of griefs that I should come to thee, I who had aforetime the noblest of all kings, while for thee thou never bearest out of the battle aught but the worser lot. King Otley answered, Not true are thy words, nor will this our speech better the lot of either of us, for all is fallen now to naught. But now do to me in seemly wise, and array my dead corpse in noble fashion. Yea, that will I, she says, and let make for thee a goodly grave, and build for thee a worthy abiding place of stone, and wrap thee in fair linen, and care for all that needful is. So therewithal he died, and she did according to her word, and then they cast fire into the hall. And when the folk and men of estate awoke amid that dread and trouble, 
Not would they abide the fire, but smote each the other down, and died in such wise. So there Otley the king and all his folk ended their life days. But Guthrun had no will to live longer after this deed so wrought. But nevertheless her ending day was not yet come upon her. Now the Volsungs and the Gukings, as folk tell in tale, have been the greatest-hearted and the mightiest of all men, as ye may well behold written in the songs of old time. But now, with the tidings just told, were these troubles stayed. Chapter 40 Guthrun had a daughter by Sigurd, hight Svanhild. She was the fairest of all women, eager-eyed as her father, so that few durst look under the brows of her and as far did she excel other womankind as the sun excels the other lights of heaven. But on a day went Guthrun down to the sea, and caught up stones in her arms, and went out into the sea, for she had will to end her life. But mighty billows drave her forth along the sea, and by means of their upholding was she borne along, till she came at the last to the burg of King Yonaker, a mighty king, and lord of many folk and he took Gudrun to wife. And their children were Hamvir, and Surli, and Erp. And there was Svanhild nourished withal. Chapter 41 Jormenrek was the name of a mighty king of those days, and his son was called Randver. Now this king called his son to talk with him, and said, Thou shalt fare on an errand of mine to King Yonaker, with my counsellor, Bicky, for with King Yonaker is nourished Svanhild, the daughter of Sigurd Fafnir's bane, and I know for sure that she is the fairest maid dwelling under the sun of this world. Her, above all others, would I have to my wife, and thou shalt go woo her for me. Randver answered, Meet, and right, fair lord, that I should go on thine errands. So the king set forth this journey in seemly wise, and they fare till they come to King Yonaker's abode, and behold Svanhild, and have many thoughts concerning the treasure of her goodliness. But on a day Ranver called the king to talk with him, and said, Jormenric the king would fain be thy brother-in-law, for he has heard tell of Svanhild, and his desire it is to have her to wife, nor may it be shown that she may be given to any mightier man than he is one. The king says, This is an alliance of great honor, for a man of fame he is. Gudrun says, A wavering trust, the trust in luck, that it change not. Yet, because of the king's furthering, and all the matters that went herewith, is the wooing accomplished and Svanhild went to the ship with a goodly company, and sat in the stern beside the king's son. Then spake Bicky to Randver, How good and right it were, if thou thyself had to wife so lovely a woman, rather than the old man there. Good seemed that word to the heart of the king's son, and he spake to her with sweet words, and she to him in like wise. So they came a land, and go unto the king, and Bicky said unto him, 
Meet and write it is, Lord, that thou shouldst know what is befallen, though hard it be to tell of. For the tale must be concerning thy beguiling, whereas thy son has gotten to him the full love of Svanhild, nor is she other than his harlot. But thou, let not the deed be unavenged. Now many an ill reed had he given the king or this, but of all his ill reeds did this sting home the most. And still would the king hearken to all his evil reeds. Wherefore he, who might nowise still the wrath within him, cried out that Randver should be taken, and tied up to the gallows-tree. And as he was led to the gallows, he took his hawk, and plucked the feathers from off it, and bade show it to his father. And when the king saw it, then he said, Now may folk behold that he deemeth my honour to be gone away from me, even as the feathers of this hawk. And therewith he bade deliver him from the gallows. But in that while had Bicky wrought his will, and Ranver was dead slain. And moreover Bicky spake, Against none hast thou more wrongs to avenge thee of than against Svanhild. Let her die a shameful death. Yea, said the king, we will do after thy counsel. So she was bound in the gate of the burg, and horses were driven at her to tread her down. But when she opened her eyes wide, then the horses durst not trample her. So when Bicky beheld that, he bade draw a bag over the head of her. And they did so, and therewith she lost her life. Chapter 42 Now Guthrun heard of the slaying of Svanhild, and spake to her sons. Why sit ye here in peace amid merry words, whereas Jörmenrich hath slain your sister, and trodden her under foot of horses in shameful wise, no heart ye have in you like to Gunnar or Hergni. Verily they would have avenged their kinswoman. Hamthir answered, Little didst thou praise Gunnar and Hergni, whereas they slew Sigurd, and thou wert reddened in the blood of him. And ill were thy brethren avenged by the slaying of thine own sons. Yet not so ill a deed were it for us to slay King Jörmenrek, and so hard thou pushest us on to this, that we may not abide thy hard words. Guthrun went about laughing now, and gave them to drink from mighty beakers, and thereafter she got for them great burnies and good, and all other weed of war. Then spake Hamthir, Lo now, this is our last parting, for thou shalt hear tidings of us, and drink one grave ale over us and over Svanhild. So therewith they went their ways. But Gudrun went unto her bower, with hearts swollen with sorrow, and spake. To three men was I wedded, and first to Sigurd Fafnir's bane, and he was bereaved and slain, and of all griefs was that the greatest grief. Then was I given to King Otley, and so fell was my heart toward him that I slew in the fury of my grief his children and mine. Then gave I myself to the sea, but the billows thereof cast me out of land, 
and to this king then was I given. Then gave I Svanhild away out of the land with mighty wealth, and lo, my next greatest sorrow after Sigurd, for under horses' feet was she trodden and slain. But the grimmest and ugliest of woes was the casting of Gunnar into the worm-clothes, and the hardest was the cutting of Hergni's heart from him. Ah, better would it be if Sigurd came to meet me, and I went my ways with him, for here bideth now behind with me neither son nor daughter to comfort me. O oh, mindest thou not, Sigurd, the words we spoke when we went into one bed together, that thou wouldst come and look on me, yea, even from thine abiding place among the dead? And thus had the words of her sorrow an end. Chapter 43 Now telleth the tale concerning the sons of Gudrun, that she had arrayed their war raiment in such wise that no steel would bite thereon. And she bade them play not with stones or other heavy matters, for that it would be to their scathe if they did so. And now, as they went on their way, they met Erp, their brother, and asked him in what wise he would help them. He answered, Even as hand helps hand, or foot helps foot. But that they deemed not at all, and slew him there and then. Then they went their ways. Nor was it long or ever Hamdir stumbled, and thrust down his hand to steady himself, and spake therewith. Not but a true thing spake Erp, for now should I have fallen, had not hand been to steady me. A little after Surly stumbled, but turned about on his feet, and so stood, and spake. Yea, now had I fallen, but that I steadied myself with both feet. And they said they had done evilly with Erp, their brother. But on they fare till they come to the abode of King Yarmanrek, and they went up to him and set on him forthwith. And Hamthir cut both hands from him, and surly both feet. Then spake Hamthir, Off were the head if Erp were alive, our brother whom we slew on the way, and found out our deed too late. Even as the song says, Off were the head if Erp were alive yet, our brother the bold whom we slew by the way, the well-famed in warfare. Now, in this must they turn away from the words of their mother, whereas they had to deal with stones. For now men fell on them, and they defended themselves in good and manly wise, and were the scathe of many a man, nor would iron bite on them. But there came thereto a certain man, old of aspect, and one-eyed, and he spake, No wise men are ye, whereas ye cannot bring these men to their end. Then the king said, Give us read thereto, if thou canst. He said, Fair skuluth berja thou groti i hel. Smite them to the death with stones. In such wise was it done, for the stones flew thick and fast from every side, and that was the end of their life-days. And now has come to an end the whole root and stem of the Gukings. 
Now may all earls be bettered in mind. May the grief of all maidens ever be minished for this tale of trouble so told to its ending. Yerlum Erlum, Othal Batni, Snotram Erlum, Sorg ad Minni, ad Theta Tregrof of Talit Vairi. End of section 12. End of Volsunga Saga by Anonymous. Translated by Eric and Magnuson and William Morris.